Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Murder Mile, a true crime podcast, an audio guided walk. Well, that's not actually true, folks, because this isn't your regular episode of Murder Mile. This is a new episode of Meander Mile. What I'm going to do every so often is I'm going to take you on a guided walk through a single street in an area. Today it's going to be Soho. I'm going to take you down Old Compton Street. Uh, Next week we're going to dive into uh, Covent Garden. Uh, And after that, because I'll be on the south coast doing a bit of research, I'll be in Rye and I will be in Brighton as well. So that'll be something different. It'll be like you've come on holiday with me. Only, only not. Only without your kind of swimming trunks and, well, I was going to say suntan lotion. But you don't need that because we're in Britain. So today, I'm going to take you on a guided walk through Old Compton Street, right in the heart of Soho. Uh, You've been there many times before. I'm going to introduce you again to some locations that we've already seen before, but also some new locations as well. Um, Unlike the regular episodes, uh, there won't be any added sound effects. Uh, This is actually how I originally wanted Murder Mile to be. Originally in the old days, this was my plan, to stand in a street and tell you a story, and then you'd hear the natural sounds as they kind of happen. Uh, But obviously, (laughs) I'm really badly, uh, as you know, my my, uh, dyslexia is not great. I have a stutter when I struggle with words. Uh, I get easily distracted as well. Uh, And also it's hard to record, like I'm on Charing Cross Road now, and a really loud motorbike has just gone past. So ordinarily I would have had to re-record that. Also there's some crackies coming towards me as well. So uh, that won't help. So uh, I'm going to take you on a guided tour through uh, Old Compton Street. I'm starting on Charing Cross Road at the moment. Now, um, just to let you know, Charing Cross Road, originally, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but Charing Cross Road, which leads from Tottenham Court Road, where we meet for uh, my walking tours, and it goes all the way down to Charing Cross. So basically, Uh, Trafalgar Square. Some of my details might be a bit sketchy on this because sometimes, (laughs) not having a script in front of me, I'm actually using my brain, my real brain. Uh, But Charing Cross Road originally was two streets. It was Crown Street and Castle Street. And if you go back earlier before that, it was actually a place called Hogs Lane. Now, uh, Crown Street and Castle Street were demolished in 1896. Yes, I'm using a bit of a script for this to make Charing Cross Road. Now, If you stand in the middle of Charing Cross Road, you'll notice some gratings in front of you. It's right next to the the Salsa restaurant and opposite Compton Cross, which used to be the Molly Moggs pub, right on the corner of Old Compton Street and what is New Compton Street. And if you look down into the gratings, I'll post a picture 
for you online, you will see um, a brick wall, and on the brick wall is actually a, a hand-painted sign, one of the old hand-painted signs that, said, that says um, uh, New Compton Street. And you look down into it, and if you look online, a lot of people say, oh, this is a dropped road. This was one of the original dropped roads that they actually uh, disposed of when they were turning uh, Old Compton Street and New Compton Street into Charing Road. But that's not actually true. Um, we actually have a whole system of essentially streets underneath our feet right now. So uh, a lot of the construction workers, when this road was being uh, created, they actually had to create uh, maintenance roads underneath so the maintenance workers could go back and forth. And underneath all of our streets are streets are small uh, utility corridors, they call them, which basically follow the shape of the road. And underneath, they actually write the sign of where the road is. So it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If you're a maintenance worker working underground, you have to know what's above you. So what they did was when they were, when they were building Charing Cross Road, because New Compton Street was already there, they put a sign up that says New Compton Street, so they knew exactly where they was, but it's never been removed. Uh, if you have a look down, there's hundreds of really thick cables running under, underneath the roads, um, heading north to south. But if you look there, it's not actually a real street. So that, I'm gonna dispel that myth straight away. This is not New Compton Street. It hasn't dropped at all. It literally is just a, a, a utility corridor. Not murder, 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 see, that's, that's why I'm struggling. It's not murder related, but I thought it might be interesting. So, gonna take you uh, literally down Old Compton Street. Now, the street itself is probably only about, about 20 feet wide, and it's about 300 feet long. Uh, the part I'm going past now, going past Compton, the, now called the Compton Cross, it used to be Molly Moggs. It's a very famous uh, Soho pub. Uh, a lot of drag queen performances in there. It's really famous. Unfortunately, it has very recently been turned into, I would just say, quite a generic pub. It's really lost a lot of its sparkle. In the last couple of years, kind of Soho has been, they say gentrified, but really it's kind of, it's, it's becoming the new Shoreditch. It's losing a lot of its character. Anyway, I'm going to take you down. Uh, this used to be uh, part of New Compton Street. No, this used to be Little Compton Street. So the, uh, the east end of it used to be called Little Compton Street. It's got rid of that name since far, so far. But this part of the street is quite important because if you remember from episode seven, which was the, identi the identical killing in the old curiosity shop, uh, uh, we're right on the court. So that was where Elsie May Batten, who was the part-time shop assistant, and she would be murdered by a man over a matter of just 15 pounds. He'd, he'd stolen a dress sword. Uh, his name was Edwin Albert Arthur Bush, if you remember. Uh, he went in to um, get the dress sword so he could sell it to buy an engagement ring for his girlfriend. Um, when he got in there, he hadn't got the money. He planned to, uh, he planned to steal it, which was a, a bit stupid. If he, if he would have just stolen it, he would have got charged with robbery. Instead, he murdered Elsie May Batten. Now, if he just murdered her, he would have got off with a life sentence then, but because he'd stolen that sword, that meant he was eligible. I hate these words, eligible, but it's true. He was eligible for the death penalty because that's one of the criteria. It's, it's murder in furtherance of a robbery, which is really weird. So uh, that happened here, literally, uh, that didn't happen here, but this is literally where he was arrested. Uh, I can't remember the name of the policeman. Uh, the policeman actually uh, saw him here, he was with his girlfriend, he got arrested. It was the first time that the identikit had been used 
to solve a murder. Uh, basically, all the police had been issued. Before in the old days, they used to do police uh, artist sketches, which were a little bit sketchy. I hate to use that pun, but they were sketchy. They weren't particularly good. This time they used Identikit, which was uh, very specific, uh, uh, pre-decided pre nose shapes, eye shapes. So basically, instead of drawing, people could just go, it's that nose, it's that ears, and that. And the, the Identikit in both occasions was, was perfect. It was amazing. So uh, that helped. policeman came along, had a copy of it on him and went, you're Edwin Bush, you're arrested. And that was it. That was the first time that Identikit was used in this country. I think it had been developed originally in America. Uh, but it was the first time it had been used over in Britain and it was incredibly successful. Uh, now we're just going down, this was uh, Little Compton Street here. We're getting towards Greek Street, just to my left now, past Slim Chickens. Uh, is Moore Street. Moore Street lead, leads to Cambridge Circus. And Cambridge Circus is where the, uh, the Palace Theatre is at the moment. Uh, there at the moment is the Harry Potter show. Everyone seems to love that. Not particularly me, I'm not really a big fan, to be honest. But that will be the street outside the Palace Theatre would be where, if you remember Dutch Lair from episode four, if I remember correctly, uh, the unsolved murder of Dutch Lair, the prostitute, uh, her patch used to be outside the Palace Theatre. She'd come up Moore Street, she'd go past the Edward Theatre, which is just next to me right now, which is showing Aladdin. Uh, and basically she'd go to her house at 66 Old Compton Street, just down the road. Now, we're on the corner of Greek Street here. Greek Street intersects with Old Compton Street. We've got the Greyhound pub there. We've got Cafe Bohem. Uh, we've got Aladdin at the, uh, that, I think that's the Edward Theatre. I could be wrong. And then Greek Street. Now, if we're looking up Greek Street, that basically uh, heads us towards, if you've been on my tour, that takes us towards William Crease. If you remember that story, this is one of those, if you go on my tour, it's very different from the podcast itself. I try and keep things very different. So when you do come on the walk, you'll go, oh, oh, I haven't listened to the podcast yet. You don't need to at all. Literally, you will hear loads of stories that you've never heard before. So at 55 Greek Street, just up, up the road, you will remember that, that nice story, horrible story, about the guy with neurosyphilis. Mmm, lovely. Uh, that's up there. Also up there is Soho Square. Originally it was called King's Square. It was the first area in Soho to be uh, populated, to have a building on it. Um, originally, all of Soho was hunting ground, but in King's Square was one of the first buildings. It's still there today. And if you go onto the corner of... Um, Soho Square, which is where the Barclays is, Barclays Bank, my bank at the moment. Uh, that was episode 17. And if you remember that one, it was about the dishwasher. Remember the dishwasher, Bolesław Pankowski, who was murdered right by his rather bullishing uh, Polish chef. Uh, it, was, it was a rather upmarket restaurant, but it was a real upstairs, downstairs thing. Where upstairs, it was very posh and very exciting. But downstairs, where, the, where the, uh, the workers worked, where the dishwashers were and the cook, it was not particularly nice. So that's episode 17. Um, Oxford Street, if you've all been there before, you've been shopping on Oxford Street. Originally, Oxford Street was called Tyburn Street. Uh, and this was actually a very famous execution route. So from Newgate Prison, which is essentially where, uh, just outside of the Old Bailey, just on the edge of the Strand, before they built the external gallows outside the Strand, which are not there uh, today, obviously, on Newgate Street, uh, what they used to do, they used to get uh, the condemned people into the, into the, uh, the wagons. Uh, it would be a public spectacle. They would take them up Holborn and then along Tyburn Street to head towards the Tyburn Tree. 
which is in Marble Arch. That's there by now. I've mentioned that a couple of times in some of the stories. That's one of London's most famous execution sites. Uh, big public spectacle, helicopter going over. Ever, uh, everyone would come there and watch the people get executed. But what would happen is the executed, executed man or woman would be taken down the street uh, and they'd, because it would be their final day, they'd be allowed to have uh, a couple of drinks en route. So they'd have a couple of bevies en route and it would be a big festival and everyone will be, will be having a great time. Um, and that's where we get the phrase from, to fall off the, fall off the wagon. It's a phrase uh, meaning, uh, you know, you'd previously quit drinking, but now you've fallen off the wagon. That would happen because the police who were meant to be there to protect uh, or look after the condemned people who are going to be executed would have a couple of babies as well. And it is said uh, they would fall off the back of the wagon themselves. Noisy car going past. Um, a sad man in a BMW uh, playing his music loud with his sunglasses on, desperate for people to look at him. Very sad. Uh, you can see why I don't record podcasts this way uh, normally. So yeah, they fall off the back of the wagon. So that's where we get the phrase falling off the wagon from. Uh, it's also the phrase where we get to be hung over from because a lot of people would watch the executions. Uh, they'd watch people being executed. That It would be a public spectacle. They'd all bring booze with them. They'd all get really pissed. Um, and then uh, in the morning, they'd wake up and go, oh my God, I'm hung over. And that's where we get the phrase hung, uh, to be hung over from. Uh, just to my left, if you're going down Greek Street, that's heading towards the Chinatown. Obviously, you've got the Soho Fire Brigade. I've just seen the boys out today. They're very busy today. They've, got, they've had a couple of jobs on. Uh, and a, a quick hi to the, the boys from the Soho Fire Brigade. We've had a few on the walk very, recent, recent, very recently. All lovely guys. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we are literally walking up. We've just passed the Prince Edward Theatre now, which was where Dutch Lair used to hang out. She used to uh, pick up a lot of young men there in the, in the older days in the olden days, as I say, makes me sound old, um, you could actually buy really cheap tickets and t they would take their gentleman customers in there because obviously it would be expensive to buy yourself or to rent yourself uh, a place to, to kind of do the biz, do the naughty. But what they would do is they'd just get some cheap tickets to the theatre right at the back. Um, so uh, we're just going about to part pass uh, Bar Soho now. Bar Soho, uh, it's a uh, large four-story building, uh, black on the outside with big lettering that says Bar Soho. I'm still working on a story for this at the moment. I've done the research, but it's a real pig to research because as you uh, would have noticed with the Juliet Merrill episode, a lot of details were redacted. In this case, they were redacted again, but it's kind of an interesting detail. So, it's the murder of a guy called uh, Savas Dimitrias, who was murdered by Christos Giorgio. Uh, and this was in 1943. It was uh, an allegedly a work-related dispute between two Cypriot gentlemen. Uh, there was a bit of a beef between, they were both really hot-tempered. Uh, there was a bit of a love triangle, triangle going on between them and a lady called Peggy. Might have been her nickname, we're not too sure. And this is the problem, is uh, Peggy has been entirely removed from that story. So uh, apparently they, they all split up. There was a bit of bad, bad blood between them. And outside this pub, there was a bit of a drunken fight. Lots of people watching. Um, Savas Dimitras was stabbed to death in the street by Christos Giorgio. Uh, but the problem is because they, because they were uh, Greek Cypriot, and in this area, there's a lot of Greek, Greek Cypriot communities as well. They wouldn't talk to the police. There was a real kind of code of silence. So uh, what actually happened that, that day, we don't actually know. It's really baffling. So uh, I'm currently working on that story now. Um, whether, it's, whether I can make it work, I don't know. I really don't know. 
So that was Bar Soho. Immediately next to that, so we're just going straight ahead. Uh, it's on the corner of, sorry, noisy truck going past. It's right on the corner uh, of Frith Street and Old Compton Street. It's a, it's a place called Shade Dodo. Uh, now, there's a bit of a festival going on here today on Frith Street, so it might be a bit noisy. Shea Dodo, uh, it's right on the corner of Frith Street and Old Compton Street. Uh, today, it's a convenience store. It's covered in loads of kind of uh, rainbow-colored, uh, yeah, rainbow-colored designs with a dodo on it. Why quite why a dodo? I don't know. But this is a story that's going to come up soon. I'm not going to give away too much for you. But this is the murder of Charles Bellatta, who was murdered by Charles Emile Berthier. Uh, this was originally at 24 Frith Street. This was originally called the Union Club. Um, but basically, uh, Charles Berthier was a wine merchant. He had money problems, uh, which were connected to Charles Bellatta. Uh, he'd gone to the Union Club to confront him, where a scuffle happened, and then he was shot. Uh, now, I'm going to focus on this story. This will be coming up soon. I really need to, I need to do more research on this. Um, but there is a query about whether Charles, uh, Charles, Charles Berthier sorry, was actually of sound mind at that moment. Um, it's very much uh, quite an interesting story about mental health. Obviously, this was uh, the 1920s, so there was a real lack of support for mental health in the 1920s. But that, ladies and gentlemen, here comes that famous phrase, is coming soon to Murder Mile. Uh, so we're starting to get a bit busy at the moment. I uh, wonder what that festival is. It's only one street, it's on one street on um, Frith Street. I used to work on Frith Street years ago, a uh, production company. Uh, used to quite, I was only earning about like 30 quid a week. And then I, after two years, I got upgraded to 50 pounds a week. One of my poorest times. Worked my heart off, but learned a lot. A lot. Uh, immediately up on, um, Old Compton Street, there's Bar Italia, which is one of the famous coffee bars if you've ever been there. Immediately next to that, just above, uh, is the building where they say um, John Logie Baird created uh, television. There's a big blue plaque that says John Logie Baird created television. Uh, if you know your history, he didn't create television. Uh, they like to say that he created television, but as we all know, the person who created television or the linear system that we use today uh, was Farnsworth the American farmer. Uh, but that sign's up there. Immediately opposite there is Ronnie Scott's in one of the flats above, if you remember correctly, was one of the last women that uh, the Blackout Ripper visited. That was the one, if you remember, remember correctly, one of my favorite stories, police helicopter flying over, one of my favorite stories where uh, he went in to visit a prostitute. He'd already murdered four women. He had attempted to murder two others. And he was sitting there with her he clearly couldn't get an erection. He was having a bit of a problem with that. And then he started bursting into tears and he just wanted to sit there and, and, and stroke her hair, which was interesting. I think that told you a lot more about, about what uh, Gordon Frederick Cummings was about. So we're gonna move up a little bit further now. We're going up further up Old Compton Street. We're, we're probably about a, th a third of the way up now. Um, so, oh, I just missed that. So on the corner of Frith Street and Old Compton Street, Thank God I've got some notes in front of me. That's really useful. On the corner of uh, Frith Street and Old Compton Street was what, I'm gonna move out the way because that's quite noisy there, um, was what they interestingly call the Battle of Frith Street. Now, a couple of locals have mentioned that to me. They, they've been like, oh, you have to do the Battle of Frith Street. And I was like, wow, that sounds really amazing. And the, they were like, oh, it's, you know, it involves uh, a big knife fight and it was very exciting and there was lots of blood everywhere. 
Uh, this might be coming to uh, Murder Mile soon, but I'm, I'm just not too sure. It's uh, basically what it was. Uh, Albert Dimes was a uh, Soho bookie and a loan shark. Uh, who was the enforcer for Billy Hill. Billy Hill was basically uh, the supposed kingpin of Soho. Um, now, there was a big old fight. Uh, Jack Spot and Billy Hill used to be allies for four decades. Unfortunately, their relationship soured. Uh, a night fight broke out out of a greengrocer's, which was basically on the corner of Old Compton Street and Frith Street, which is where I am now. Um, now, people have said it was a very bitter fight. There was lots of, lots of blood covering the streets, and it was all very violent. Uh, but it was abruptly ended uh, by a lady fruitier who owned the greengrocers who hit them overhead, over the head with either, and I'm, I'm yet to prove uh, exactly which one this was, either with a vase, uh, a ladle, or a set of weighing scales. Uh, either way, both men, both men survived, but were very badly injured. Uh, so that's one of those stories that I'm hoping to come across soon. Um, in the trial... <laughs> The trial of Jack Spot, who was involved in this, he got off after evidence from the Reverend Basil Claude Hudson Andrews, what a name, who was 88, uh, who apparently had a lot of gambling debts, a love of whiskey and women, God bless the church, uh, and swore that the bookmaker had never wielded a knife, nor was he involved in a fight at all. Uh, Jack Spot, therefore, was acquitted of all charges due to the Reverend's impressive testimony but then Reverend Andrews was late, uh, later admitted that he had committed perjury. Lovely, lovely. God bless the church. Uh, thank God that doesn't happen anymore. <coughs> so, oh, I'm going to take you back onto... I just took a, a little side uh, uh, deviation onto Frith Street. I'm now taking you back onto Old Compton Street. Uh, it's quite a nice sunny day. People are kind of wisely, like myself, walking around in shorts and having a lovely time. So, uh... Halfway up this midsection of Old Compton Street. Now, originally in the story, I called it Murials because originally it was Murials, but unfortunately, there's a lot of restaurants in and out of Soho uh, that don't actually last very long. That's the problem. It's so expensive to rent here and to have a property here that a lot of businesses don't last. So, originally it was called Murials, it's now called Old Compton Brasserie. Uh, if you go back to episode 10, a lot of the early episodes uh, of, of Murder Mile actually cover uh, Old Compton Street. Uh, this was the revenge attack on Alfred Alfredo Zamparelli, the minor Soho gangster, part-time pimp, and brutal enforcer who was gunned down by two hitmen. <gasps> Fantastic. Uh, if you remember, this was originally uh, the Golden Goose. It was an amusement arcade. Um, Alfredo Zamparelli had murdered... Well, there had been a fight around in a club around the corner. Uh, he had murdered a known gangster's uh, brother called David, David Knight. He'd murdered David Knight, David Knight's brother, famous gangster. Uh, we can't prove that he actually put a hit out on him, but two uh, wannabe hitmen, basically on Wednesday, the 4th of September, uh, 1974, as Alfredo Zamparelli was in the back of the amusement arcade playing pinball, which he loved to do, with his back to the door, which is absolutely baffling. Where I am now, in front of Belgos, obviously Belgos wasn't there then, they were watching him, big open screens in front of the doors, big, big huge windows. They watched him, they saw his back. Oh, there's gonna be a car crash. 
Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so one guy was reversing and wasn't looking where he was going. He was listening to me. And why shouldn't he? <laughs> uh, basically, uh, his back was to the door. Afredo's back was to the door. Um, two guys outside, uh, two hitmen named George Bradshaw and 21-year-old Nicky Gerard went up behind him with guns, two taps to the back of the head, and he was dead. Admittedly, uh, Alfredo Zamparelli, after he'd been arrested uh, and charged with murder, uh, he was only given three years. Um, and uh, what he should have done, I mean, originally he fled, then he came back, then he was charged, and he was sent to prison for three years. And actually, um, David Knight's brother, Ronnie Knight, sorry, it had gone out of my head for a second there. Ronnie Knight was like, well, do you know, uh, it's better that he's not in prison because, you know, he's, not, he's safer in prison because uh, he's, he's away from me. Whereas if he's not in prison, that means Ronnie Knight can kind of do what he needs to do. Uh, but did Alfredo Zamparelli disappear after that? No, he didn't. He decided to get himself, uh, set himself up a, uh, a travel agent on Frith Street, which is literally the street we've just passed. It's around the corner. So he's an and he used to come in the, into uh, the Golden Goose every single day to do a little bit of, uh, little bit of uh, uh, fruit machining and pinballing, because that's what he liked. What an idiot. Anyway, we're walking up the street now, uh, going past Patisserie Valerie. I used to love Patisserie Valerie, a really nice cake shop. You know me, you know I love cakes. When I used to work uh, uh, for the production company many years ago, this was back in 2000, 2001, 2002, um, every time a runner would leave, which would be every two weeks because we had them on a two-week contract, we'd go to Patisserie Valerie and buy a big gatto, big old solid gatto, and it was absolutely beautiful. 20 quid on a gatto and a couple of bottles of wine. God, that was the best day of my life. Anyway, Patisserie Valerie unfortunately has shut down. Uh, used to be a great cake shop. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there used to be a quite, someone had put a, uh, a police crime scene tape over the window and I walked past it and thought, oh my God, what's happened? We've got another murder here, fantastic. For me, that's great. Um, but what had happened was because Patisserie Valerie uh, because it's gone into administration and the financial director had basically been abusing uh, the money that was being used for there, uh, someone, in a very amusing way, had put a crime scene tape over the door. I know, hilarious. Uh, a classic Soho joke. Um, I'm going to grab myself a quick drinky. I'm just going to grab myself a pop, because it's hot here. What am I having? Uh, seven up. There we go. Oh, hang on. Hello. Just gonna grab me a, uh, oops, sorry. Oh, it's warm outside. How much is 189. that? 189. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ooh. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Ooh. Cheers, have a good day. Sorry about that, I was getting thirsty. Need to grab myself a drink. I'm not meant to, I'm meant to be off the Diet Cokes, but. I feel like it today. Whoa. Right, uh, walking along onto the corner of Dean Street here. God, it's hard to see my notes here. So, um, on the corner of Dean Street. So, um, this is a story that I'd be desperate to tell very soon. This is the unsolved murder of Margaret Ann Halladine, which is on Dean Street. Uh, this happened on the uh, 2nd of October. 19, uh, 22nd of October 1963, so not too long before uh, JFK was assassinated. Not that it's connected. Um, apparently she was an attractive blonde who was stabbed to death on a crowded street. Uh, the 21-year-old Anne, Anne uh, sorry, Margaret Anne Halladine um, from Croydon was seen talking to a young man 
outside a block of offices on Dean Street. Suddenly she fell, clutching at the railings in front of the, off of the offices that she worked at. Um, she crumbled to the pavement. The man was apparently about six foot tall, wearing heavy horn-rimmed spectacles and a chocolate brown suit. He ran off towards Piccadilly Circus. Uh, hundreds of people gathered round her. Uh, she was a typist in the war office. Uh, apparently she was a really nice lady, uh, very down to earth, very normal. There was nothing really uh, suspicious about her life and what she did. But for some reason, someone decided to stab her to death. Uh, this is an unsolved story, uh, unsolved case. Um, still to this day, we don't know who it was who did it, why they did it, what really was going on. Um, I've tried to get the case out of the National Archives. It's still being head held. I'm going to have a swig. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, God, that's good. Oh, I had a 7-up, that was nice. I tried to get the file out of the National Archives. Ooh, I've got burpees now. But I, um, unfortunately, it's held for another 20 years. Um, so I'm having to pick it up through pieces of information that are out there. I know that there's a, a relative got in touch with me recently, so I'm going to try and get a lot of information out of the relatives. But, um, um, yeah, that case, hopefully, I'm, I, I can't say coming soon to Murder Mile, because... We don't know. I don't know whether I can tell the full story. Now, on the corner of Old Compton Street uh, and Dean Street, obviously we pass this street on my tour, but um, if we look right, uh, and heading towards us is the BT Tower, the famous BT Tower, which is basically in the heart of Fitzrovia, but you can see it from miles away, it's huge. Uh, straight ahead of us is uh, was episode 16, which, I think everyone seems to enjoy that one. One of my favorite episodes as well, it just surprised me with the right with the research. It was Richard Rhodes Henley, the seaman, the seaman and the porn peddler. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a, re it's a good fun one. Uh, it's at 82 Dean Street. Building has now been demolished. Originally the Richmond buildings, it's now, uh, if I remember, remember it's some kind of, uh, ooh, burpees, uh, a wasabi place. Um, 
but Richard Rhodes Henley was a 26-year-old leading seaman in the Canadian Navy. He was a Navy chef and a chronic masturbator. That's one of those phrases that I can say loudly around here. Someone's doing a guided tour around Soho, which I don't have a problem with. It's everyone's welcome to, but they've just stopped everyone in the middle of the road. That is baffling. Given the fact that we're all, I hope they're insured. I'm insured. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, Richard Rhodes Henley, he murdered uh, John Allen Dixon Robertson, who was known as Big Allen. He owned uh, the porno shop. It was basically an erotic bookshop. But if you went out back, there was some seriously, seriously lewd stuff. Some big old porny stuff. If you love your, love your really rude stuff, whoa, that's where you went. Anyway, uh, he, he uh, went into Big Allen's shop. Uh, he went to buy what was the equivalent of about £8,000 worth of pornography because he had a chronic masturbation fixation. Uh, he hadn't got the money to buy it. He was still wearing his Navy uniform because he had to go back on ship that day and he was on crutches and he, he shot Big Alan dead and then two of Alan's assailants went to chase him. One of them was old, one of them was really fat. So it was basically a man on crutches carrying a couple of pounds of pornography whilst being chased by a really old guy who was an accountant and a really fat guy. Um, oh, my screen's just switched off. Ah! Um, so, uh, uh, yep, so uh, that one is uh, episode 17. You can check that one out. It's a really good, good fun one. Just up the road from here as well on Dean Street as well. It's a side street called Bouchier Street. Uh, I'm still working on a case for that one. That one involves baby farmers. Um, if you wait until next week's episode, which is Covent Garden, I'll be telling you a lot more about baby farmers. It's a really interesting case and we, we'll be discussing uh, one of the world's most prolific serial killers. Uh, her story concluded in and around Covent Garden. So we're on the south side of Dean Street now, just on the corner of uh, Shaftesbury Avenue. Um, if you've been on my tour, uh, you, you see that I sometimes take you here to do a little bit of a Dennis Nielsen story. That's where we stand. Uh, just down from us is Dennis Nielsen's favorite, one of his favorite pubs, the Golden Lion. Um, it is in here that he met John the Guardsman. I'm hoping to do a story all about John the Guardsman, but uh, not yet. Uh, and obviously in front of us is the French House pub, a really good pub. Uh, I really like the French House. And if you like music, uh, it's, it's owned by Suggs. It's co-owned by Suggs for madness. I know. Uh, there's often a lot of celebrities there hanging out, which is really good. So, uh, on the street as well. God, this has taken us back a real long way. This is back to episode two. Uh, this is one of those episodes that no one remembers. Uh, <laughs> but it was one of my early ones. You will remember it because it had, uh, it had the guy who was, who was the midget tag team wrestler who uh, attacked Tony Mella with a, a samurai sword. And to be honest, Tony Mella deserved it. So, this is at uh, 68 Dean Street. It's currently uh, a Thai cafe called Roses. And above on the first floor, which is where all the story happens, uh, is now a PR firm for the Conservative Party. <clears throat> so, uh, this was 37-year-old uh, Antonio Benedetta Mella, also known as Big Tony. Um, this was originally a clip joint. Uh, on the ground floor was a regular cafe. On the first floor was their office and on the ground floor was a clip joint. We've mentioned clip joints before. Uh, this is when um, there's no entertainment license, there's no liquor license, there's no sex license. Stupid men are lured in and it's like, oh, come on in stupid men and the sexy ladies are gonna get naked and you can get drunk and blah, blah, blah. Five pounds to get in, 
300 quid to get out. It's a real con, it massively is. Um, anyway, uh, it was in here um, in order to keep the business going. Um, because Al Alfred Melvin, sorry, uh, my brain's gone, Tony Meller uh, had been cheating everyone out of money and was a real bastard, he'd called in Alfred Melvin, uh, who was his, uh, became his business partner and basically his protector. Alfred Melvin had, uh, also known as Big Alf, had loaned him 300 pounds, which was a lot of money then, to, um, to help with the business. Uh, Tony Mello decided not to pay him, cheated him out of money, laughed in his face. You can hear that in the episode. Uh, and then Alfred Melvin shot him four times. So, uh, so he shot him three times in the back. Tony Mello staggered out of the building, literally where I am now on the corner of uh, Dean Street and uh, Romilly Street, just outside where the Golden Lion pub is now and would have been then as well. Uh, and Tony Mella died in the street, his blood running into the pavement. And then Big Alf shot himself on the first floor. Uh, apparently there, there were a lot of people who were, who were nah, not really that bothered. The Big Alf had killed himself. For a lot of people they'd said, good riddance. So I'm just moving down a little bit now, just slightly off Old Compton Street to a, a street which we'll, we'll be covering a little bit more soon. It's Romilly Street, I've mentioned it before. Uh, that This has popped up a couple of times. Uh, now, the most recent murder on Romilly Street uh, was on the 2nd of March uh, 2019, so uh, just a couple of months ago. Uh, Joe Guy Nan who's 34 years old, was charged with two counts of attempted murder in connection with the stabbing on a Sunday morning. Uh, two counts of assaulting an emergency worker in possession of an offensive weapon in a public place. A 37-year-old man was attacked in Romilly Street at around 6 a.m. He remains in critical life... Con um, I've got in here that he remains in uh, a critical condition, but uh, when I checked afterwards, uh, he'd got better. Oh, here we go. This is better. So this is, I'm working off my notes here. Uh, an alleged killer uh, accused of stabbing a man to death and attempted to murder another just hours later uh, may not be fit to plead, a court heard. Mohamed El Elney, 37, was knifed in Soho, central London in the early hours of the 2nd of March this year. Hours later, police were called to another incident in Camden after a 16-year-old boy was stabbed. Mr Elney died of his injuries three days later, but the teenager survived. Joe Guinane, 34, uh, stands trial. So, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, I'm going to try and cover that story, but uh, uh, you know me, I always like to find the story within the story. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. So, Romilly Street. There's a lot going on in Romilly Street. Uh, if you remember, this was also the street where Anne Farvish, if you go back to one of the earlier episodes, The Deadliest Dentist in Soho, uh, this is where they lived. Um, this is where she started a long walk before she went to the dentist. He hadn't got any gas to give her, so he gave her cocaine. She had a weak heart. She died of a cocaine overdose. Sounds nice. If you listen to the episode, it was not nice. Uh, so that's where they started. Uh, if you look at some of the premises down here, like Gaultier is in there and uh, some very exclusive restaurants like Soho House is there. But originally, only 100 years ago, this was one of London's worst slums really was appallingly bad. Now it's incredibly expensive. Um, so that's on there. I'm also hoping to do another case. The, the file is still held uh, in the archives, but I'm still trying my best to find more information out of it. Police helicopter flying over again. Um, this was the murder of uh, Captain, Captain John Alexander Ritchie by Robert Blaine. It was on Romilly Street. Um, 
I haven't got the date of it. Oh, I deleted the date. It was, a, it was uh, during the Second World War, I think it was 44. Um, Captain John Alexander Ritchie was killed by two homeless men using bottles and bricks. Mmm, nice. Uh, I'm hoping that's not just going to be a regular uh, mugging or anything like that. I'm hoping it'll be something interesting. So that may be coming to Murder Mile soon. Um, before we go back onto Old Compton Street, if we take a look behind us, we're heading south, is Shaftesbury Avenue. Uh, now, just on the, just round the corner from here on Shaftesbury Avenue is the first location from episode 20. If you remember, that was Alexander Litvinenko, uh, the Russian spy, or the former Russian spy. Um, who knows, actually, maybe he still was a Russian spy. Uh, that is the uh, Shaftesbury Hotel, as it originally was called. Um, and what's my dates on this? Uh, if you remember, this, was, this wasn't where uh, Alexander Litvinenko was murdered. This was where the first attempted assassination was. So uh, Andrei Lugovoy and uh, Dmitry Kovtun, the two uh, KGB agents who were sent to kill him, they came, if you remember correctly, this, my, this is why I focused on that story and not the murder itself. Uh, they came into Soho, they were like, oh, no, no, Soho is fantastic. That's my Russian accent. Oh, Soho is fantastic. Oh, let's have some fun. So they, they got dressed in some horrible, horrible kind of Miami Vice style shiny suits, nasty, horrible, uh, shiny colors, lots of gold jewelry because they wanted to dress like pimps because apparently they thought that's how everyone dresses. They went into Soho, they got on a rickshaw, they went to loads of restaurants uh, and clubs, including a restaurant that we mentioned, Abracadabra, which had all the, the, uh, the taps, which were in the shape, shape of penises. Uh, <laughs> ironic for two, um, two men who, who weren't, weren't big fans of homosexual people. Uh, they, they seemed to enjoy Soho a lot and a club where all the tabs, and even there were statues, big phallic statues, and they, they thought it was like a fertility thing, like, oh yeah, this is for men. It was for men, it was for um, men who like other men. Uh, <laughs> quite, it was, their, their, their story is just full of so much irony. When you look at their history, you just go, you guys just have no idea. Anyway, uh, so that's just around the corner. Uh, that room, what happened in that room was they went to uh, murder Alexander Litvinenko with the polonium-210, the highly ra radioactive substance. Um, crack addicts shouting at each other. Uh, you can hear that from here. Cool, that's loud. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, what they did was they, they went to poison his tea with polonium-210. Uh, they didn't get an opportunity. He he, they put it in the tea, but he wouldn't drink it. Um, so they had to get rid of it. So they went back to the hotel and they tipped it down the sink. Highly radioactive polonium-210. They, they got it all over all the sides. They got it over the sink. They got it over the toilet. They got it over them, their clothes. God knows how they survived because this happened three times. That room apparently is now, is now it has, it, the, uh, the, the team who went in there with all the hazmat suits to decontaminate it, uh, they could only go in there for 20 minutes. That's as long as they could last because uh, it was apparently that radioactive. Uh, really horrific. Uh, it's apparently, it's, you still can't use it today. God, the crackies are having a moment today. They really are. Right. It, oh, for those who came on the uh, Generation Y, uh, They Walk Among Us tour, I, I don't think it's cracky who we met. It's different cracky. There's a lot out today. Uh, so, uh, and of course, just opposite was, uh, just opposite, um, God, dear, they're, they're going for it today. 
Uh, where am I? Where am I? Oh yes. Uh, so opposite, obviously, uh, just opposite the road, opposite Shaftesbury Avenue is Chinatown. Uh, in there, we have the Rosendale murder, the two-parter that we recently did with the nightclub where 40 people witnessed a murder, but then apparently most of them didn't witness a murder, which was baffling. Uh, there's also, just around the corner as well, the arson attack on uh, Reginald Gordon West, the man who burnt to death in a toilet. Um, and there's also a very important one, uh, an important case that you will only get on my walk. There's a lot of cases that I'll only do on the walk. Um, right now we're on the final part of Old Compton Street, uh, just heading down now, uh, lowering my voice a little, little bit. Um, we're just outside the Admiral Duncan, uh, which is in episode five. Uh, if you go back to that episode, this is also one that I don't do on the tour because you know, it's a little bit sensitive in this area. But um, a supposed, I'm going to say supposed neo-Nazi, I think he was just, a, a lot of people say he was just a deluded man, desperate for attention, uh, went around, planted three bombs around London on successive weekends. This was in April 1999. Uh, he did one in Brixton, which injured 48 people, including a baby. Uh, he did one on the 24th of April 1999 in Brick Lane. That one, luckily no one was injured because he hadn't done his research right. He thought there was gonna be a market that day. It wasn't, it was on a Sunday. A man saw a uh, sports hold, hold all. And he was like, that looks like the kind of one that was mentioned the week before with the bomb in it. He moved it, took it to a police station. It blew up in a car boot, his car's boot. No one was injured, which was fantastic. Uh, but on Friday the 30th of April 1999, uh, Quite a few people had gone into the Admiral Duncan. It was the start of the bank holiday. Uh, typical, typical British bank holiday, a little bit of sun out. Everyone wanted to go out and get pissed because that's what we do in Britain. Um, and a, a, I'm not gonna say his name, but a deluded neo-Nazi went in, dropped down a bomb uh, on the floor, which was filled with hundreds of uh, four to six inch nails. It exploded, uh, three people dead, uh, 100. Uh, was it they said there was more than 100 injured? Uh, that is my episode five. So if you go back to that, I, I do it on the podcast, but I don't do it on the tour. It's one of the things I don't do. Now, if we walk down Old Compton Street more, it's quite interesting. You will see, so where the Admiral Duncan is, this nice old building, you'll see a lot of buildings that are kind of like uh, 1900s buildings, which is really great. And then in the middle, where Balans used to be, unfortunately, I have to say Balans, and oh, no, Balans is still there. Balans in the building next to it, you look at it and you go, oh, looks like opposite Rhinus is some buildings that are kind of just, uh, they look like 1960s buildings, they look really vacuous and shitty, and then just beyond that is kind of uh, uh, 18th, 19th century buildings. But you look at these and they're, they're vague, they're plain, they're dull. And this is because, uh, this is where uh, two V2 rockets landed on Old Compton Street during the World War. This was uh, 1943, 44, if I remember correctly. Uh, 1943, landed here caused absolute chaos. Uh, I might do a little story about that. I think I told you a story recently about a lady who was, um, she was just passing the street. This was on one of the uh, Mini Mile episodes. She was passing the street just around the corner. Bomb went off. She wasn't killed by um, shrapnel. She wasn't killed by the bomb. She wasn't killed by the heat. She was called by the killed by the shock wave. She had no injuries to her, but it basically crushed her lungs and squeezed all the life out of her body. So I won't be retelling that story, but uh, what I will be doing is I'm going to try and find another story connected to that, because that could be quite interesting. Uh, as we pass down this street a little bit more, uh, just opposite Compton's, 
Uh, we have a place called Runway East. This is another story that I won't, uh, actually I have told on Murder Mile. Um, this is my episode four. Um, Dutch Lair, the prostitute who was murdered, the unsolved murder of the prostitute. Now, if you listen to the episode I've done here, um, I'll tell you a bit. Her name was Constance May Hines, alias Dutch Lair, 19 year old prostitute and alcoholic. Mother was a prostitute and alcoholic. On the second floor lodging at 66 Old Compton Street, her boyfriend Stanley King, on Friday the 8th of May 1936, found her murdered to, murder, I was about to say murdered to death. Of course you murdered to death, that's ridiculous. Um, anyway, he came back, found her murdered. Now, uh, on the tour, I tell you one side of the story. This is the Soho Strangler story. Uh, I was gonna tell you on the podcast, I've left it solely for the tour. This was, there was uh, a serial killer, uh, late 1930s, going around Soho, murdering prostitutes. Um, I use, if you go on my tour, I'll tell you that story, uh, and I'll tell you a version of, of the Dutch Lair story, but on the podcast, I'll tell you an, indif- an entirely different side to the story. So it's entirely up to you uh, to decide who murdered her. On the podcast, I tell you one thing. Uh, on the tour, I tell you something else. Mm. So, coming to near the end of Old Compton Street now, uh, we're just passing Poppy's Fish and Chip Place. If you're in, if you're uh, a visitor to London uh, and you want to try some fish and chips, um, don't go to any place. I've, I said this to the Generation Y people who were there recently. I said, don't go to any places that serve kebabs because their chips are really awful. If you go on to, if you're in anywhere, anywhere in the East End and the place serves loads of fish, and then they'll probably do good chips. But on uh, Old Compton Street is a place called Poppy's that does uh, really good traditional fish and chips. I had their fish cake. It was really big, really juicy and really lovely. And the chips are really exceptional as well. And it's done properly as well. So uh, if you like fish and chips, give it a try. Even if you're a Londoner, give it a try. Poppy's uh, is really nice. So just coming to the end, end of the street here, Jerry's, one of, the fa- one of my favorite booze places. Oh, Jerry's Wines and Spirits. In the window is loads of booze, loads of different types of booze. And, oh, he's back again. Uh, a nice <laughs> picture of uh, some booze being sold by Ron the Hedgehog, AKA Ron Jeremy. Um, I won't go into details, but uh, <laughs> let's just say, uh, Ron Jeremy, porn star, called the hedgehog for uh, various reasons he's selling booze there there's a picture of him i don't know whether i'd want to buy a drink sold by a porn star anyway uh so we're coming to the end of old compton street now um right in front of us is tillsbury court uh thank you to uh some of the met police officers who've been on my tour they said that that is one of the um prime areas of crime in the west end it's only it's only a tiny court it's literally i would say eight feet wide uh, by probably about 80 feet long, but it used to be full of so many so many brothels and crack dens and things like that, that there was just a massive concentration of crime in there. Uh, they're trying to clear it up at the moment, but it isn't. On the left is Ann Summers, on the right is Village. Uh, some, good, um, some good clubs around here as well. Uh, and we're not too far, just around the corner from literally, so, uh, George Pickering. Just around the corner from here is the deaf mute murderer. That's literally around the, on the corner on Brewer Street. Uh, Jacqueline Beery is just one street to the right. Uh, the David Knight murder that I mentioned, the Alfredo Zamparelli, is to the left. That's about uh, three or four hundred feet to the left. Black Rita is not too far away as well. I'm hoping to cover that story soon. That's 
the return of the Blackout, uh, sorry, the Blackout Ripper, uh, Blackout Ripper's just up the road. Uh, that's the return of the Soho Strangler in the 1940s. That's a different one. I'm hoping to cover that as well, uh, as well as French Fifi, who you will also see only on the walk as well. So that's really interesting. Um, also straight ahead, just off Old Compton Street is Brewer Street. That's the street that was always synonymous with, uh, uh, used to be full of, um, sorry, I, I paused, paused a minute then because I thought someone snorted their snot at me and I just had to check. Yeah, that, that does happen in Soho. Uh, I just checked, I haven't been snorted on. I was about to say snatted then. Uh, down Brewer Street, uh, loads of uh, um, uh, sex shops, things like that. There used to be the, the uh, Sunset, it's called the Sunset Murder. Oh, I'm about to be run over by an ice fam. Got to get out of the way. Um, I, I was silent for a moment then because some kids were going past. I can't discuss murder when kids go past. Uh, so this was on Brewer Street. Uh, this was a murder not too long ago. Um, in March 2006, Simon Braid, who was 44, stabbed 73-year-old David Mead to death in a porno theatre. Um, now there's currently no file because it's quite a new case, but it's one that I'm hoping to cover soon. Um, I can't really tell you much about the story because it's quite an, in quite an interesting twist. It's not what you would think it would be, but hopefully that is coming to Murder Mile very soon. Whew. Anyway, that was your little walk down Old Compton Street. Hope you enjoyed that. That was, I can't, don't know, that was about an hour, I think. I think, oh, that was good exercise. If you walk that with me, uh, you've burnt off about 300 calories. Well done. Um, so just a little, th oh, just to say on my website, I will post, I post a blog with every single episode. In there, I'll post some pictures as well so you can see what these different places look like. I photograph them in advance, so they will go up online. Uh, and a big thank you, of course, to uh, Police Constable Arsenal Guinness. Um, Originally, when I mentioned that I was gonna, I was gonna do this, uh, do this uh, kind of episode, uh, he mentioned, he said you should call it uh, Meander Murder. And it, although it didn't, uh, it, it didn't work, I like the alliteration, uh, I decided to keep the word Meander uh, and call it Meander Mile instead, which I think works really nicely. So uh, thank you to Police Constable Arsenal Guinness. Sir, I owe you a pint for that. Anyway, uh, that is the end of the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to fade in some music now so you know it's time, time for us all to bugger off. Uh, I am currently walking at Wardour Street. I'm going to get my train uh, and I'm going to head home. I'm going to have some cake because I think I deserve it. Anyway, uh, best wishes to you all. Hope you enjoyed that episode and I will see you next week for uh, part two of Meander Mile, which is in Covent Garden. Best wishes to you all. Goodbye. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.